Do you know someone who's sick right now? I bet you do. It seems like everybody that I talk to has a story about they're sick or somebody that they know are sick. The kids are sick. I mean, there's a lot of sick out there right now. We've seen all kinds of stories. um, And I just saw, you know, another update from BC talking about the fact that their children's hospitals are swamped, just like they are here in Alberta. It seems like kids really dealing with the They call it the trifecta of viruses, right? Loads and loads of sick kids, lots of them out of class for a few different reasons. Yeah, COVID, like I say, still a factor, but there's other ones now. We've also got RSV, and maybe, uh, I'm not sure we're going to find out, perhaps most importantly, by a lot of cases of the flu, and specifically on the prairies. Alberta and the rest of the prairies really hard hit by flu, harder than the rest of Canada. Not sure why. We're going to find out. We're going to chat with Dr. Lenora Saxinger, who is a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the University of Alberta. Doctor, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. No problem. Happy to join you. Let's just get an assessment here. This flu season, or I don't even know the flu situation that we have right now, it's really quite bad, isn't it? Oh, it really kind of came in really early and really fast compared to more conventional flu years. And so, I mean, every year, except for the last couple of years during the pandemic, we start to see influenza, and it can be quite quite a significant illness across the community, usually peaking more close to Christmas or a little after. Okay. Um, and, of course, flu shots usually come out in October, so usually there's some lead time to get people thinking about getting vaccinated. But pretty much as soon as the vaccines came out, and people were just even barely starting to think about getting their flu shot. It, it just has really shot up like a rocket, and it's uh, it, it's quite a pattern. I mean, having said that, Alberta and the West often has their influenza epidemic start earlier than the rest of Canada. Like for for many years, that's been an observable pattern. So I don't I don't know that that part of it is that right. different. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense in terms of how severe it is. How unusual is it? Like you say, the last couple of years are sort of ex, uh, exceptions. But you know, going back historically, are we way out of whack? Like way more cases than usual. Um, we're close to right now a peak that we last saw, I think, around 27, 2018. That was a bad year. Um, and I think the thing that I'm finding a little concerning is that it's rocketing upward extremely quickly. It, it, we don't know when it's going to cl- slow down. Um, and and we've easily exceeded a peak that happened much later in previous years already. And so it, it's really ripping through the community aggressively. And, and lots and lots of people with horrible fever cough illnesses and, and um, you know, odds are if you have a fever and a cough right now, it's kind of more likely to be influenza than anything else. Really? I was going to ask, so when we talk about flu, for some reason I always think about stomach issues, but that's not necessarily the flu, right? Right. I mean, that's kind of a big terminology problem we grapple with, but influenza as a respiratory virus is really classic for fever, cough, and feeling hit by a truck, like really awful. Okay. And it can make people very sick. Like we have people in ICU with influenza every Christmas and New Year's for time immemorial. And so it's always been a potentially bad infection. Um, but because people also talk about stomach flu and stuff, it can kind of get a little bit below the radar, I think, and how people understand it. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. We, we think of a cold as being what you're describing the flu as. And if you've got intestinal issues, then it's the flu. That's sort of always the way I've thought about it. So that's uh, good info. What about... Um in terms of where we might be, like you say, we're a little bit early and, you know, you anticipate a peak usually sometime in December. Are, are you worried that we're still going to be approaching a peak that might arrive in December? Like we haven't seen the worst of this yet? 
Well, I mean, it, it hasn't started turning around yet. And the thing that people have to remember is you know, people always think, oh, it's peaked, so that's okay. Well, there's probably pretty much as many cases going down as there were coming up. Right. And so there's all sorts of reasons to try to rush out and get your shot now to try to reduce the risk for the rest of the time because we don't know how broad the peak will be either. Sometimes we can have things kind of hang out at a high level for a while and, and we don't really know what to expect because the flu patterns have been very, very changed for the past few years. And so so it's kind of anyone's guess right now. So, I mean, short short story is even like especially kids, but also adults should be really emphasizing getting their flu shot ASAP. Okay, I want to ask you more about the vaccine in a sec, but first though, like you say, um, we don't know because of the last couple of years, and I know that there's uh, this concept of immunity debt and the fact that because kids weren't exposed or anybody wasn't really exposed over the past couple of years, that means we're playing catch up now. I mean, how big of an impact do you think the last couple of years had on what we're seeing this year? Well, I mean, to, to be honest, there's a couple of things. One is that um, over the last few years, because there was not influenza circulating since basically 2019, the flu season was cut short by COVID measures. So the entire population has not either seen influenza infection, and most people also never got their flu shots because there was no flu. And so that kind of background partial immunity that people get because their immune system is familiar with something usually does help reduce the rate and aggressiveness of spread in the community. Like it's enough to kind of blunt the the wave. And that's not present right now. So everyone's kind of really naive to influenza, relatively speaking. People who've had their flu shot year after year after year probably still have an advantage right now, but that even would be a little bit reduced. So there certainly is... um, a lot of dry tinder around, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who are susceptible. And so it, 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 in some ways, it isn't super surprising to see it so aggressive, but I'm myself, I'm quite surprised to see it so early. And like I said, that's kind of put us behind in getting people, even people who ordinarily get their flu shot. You know, a lot of them are doing it in November and they haven't had a chance yet. When we talk about the flu shot, and I will admit, I'm, I used to have to get it when I taught guitar. It was sort of a condition, not a condition, but strongly recommended for employment. And it probably saved me a bunch. Um, but then we always heard that, yeah, well, you know, if you got the flu shot, maybe it helped 10%. Do we know, I mean, in terms of what's going on right now, how effective this vaccine is? And does any vaccine help? Um, the, I mean, like the early guess, and this would be a guess, yeah. not evidence-based because we don't have the information yet, would be that it should be a pretty good match. Most of what's going around right now is an H3 strain. Um, that seems to be the dominant one. And the, the H3 strains that were in the vaccine were basically planned on what was circulating about six months ago. And so without any big shifts, we would expect this should provide good protection. And good protection here in influenza would be like 60 to 70% protection probably. But the other thing is, like COVID, imperfect protection still reduces severity and frankly it's miserable so i think you know avoid the misery and just get your shot (laughs) we'll know more about the effectiveness kind of you know in in a few months but if you're you you can't wait for that (laughs) no you're absolutely right i I wanted to ask you because i follow you on twitter and i I noticed an exchange that you had yesterday now i get this i imagine you get it far more than i do and you went on and i thought took a perfectly reasonable scientific evidence-based approach saying you know what uh you should get vaccinated, wear a mask if you're in a crowded indoor place if you want to, sort of a thing. Really reasonable. And you immediately had somebody come out, not for saying you're recommending public health measures, but saying you're not recommending enough. Is there a safe place right now for somebody in your position, or are you going to get it from all corners no matter what you say? 
I'm sitting here laughing. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I'm like, I actually mask and I recommend masking <laughs> regularly, but I'm getting attacked for not recommending masking hard enough. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. No, it's really interesting. I, I do think that there's been profound polarization. And I mean, at the end of the day, look at what happened in the last few viral seasons. People were, you know, th- there was periods, I think, of extreme social isolation that were problematic. And there were periods of interactivity that was cautious and masked. And over all that period, we really saw very little respiratory virus spread. And so it seems like a pretty reasonable thing to me right now when we're seeing people just getting taken out, like, you know, it's like a bowling alley with pins falling over with, you know, influenza, which is miserable, to put some of those precautions in place and otherwise try to maintain your life as normally as you can. And people do tolerate the masking quite well. Yeah. And people managed with it, and if it, you know, I can't give you an exact percentage of how much value it adds, but it definitely adds some. And so I feel very comfortable suggesting that people kind of return to some of the old habits for this period of time, especially because the kids, especially, as you mentioned, they're getting influenza. Like yeah. right now, that's probably 50-50 influenza and RSV in hospital. And the number of kids in hospital right now are, I would be guessing, at least 10 times what we would usually see at this time of year. How much of it, I mean, when I had little kids, I had one guy who got RSV a couple of times. He was asthmatic and stuff like that. Grew out of it. But, I mean, it's scary as a parent. You don't know if it's cold, COVID, flu, RSV. You just don't know. So, I mean, there's no way to tell, is there? you got to get it checked out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing to guide people would be how severely ill they are. And right now, a lot of the kids with influenza, they have a really, really, like, tough fever. And, of course, the fever medications are in short supply. Yeah. So tough fever and cough and looking really wiped out influenza. And if you're starting to see a kid who's not eating, drinking, or breathing normally, then yes, unfortunately, although I expect there's a lot of congestion, that that's something that you at least need to run by your provider um, and then figure out if you need to go in to get get a more formal assessment because it, it is hard on kids and most kids will turn around and influenza sometimes is pretty tough for the first few days and then turns around but you, you never want to wait too late because kids can get really yeah, ill exactly doctor great advice thank you so much for being here today i really appreciate it Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.